Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Before we get started today, Martin, I have one question for you. Yeah? Do you feel lucky, punk? I... Do you? Uh, no. No, Go I feel very lucky. Go ahead and uh, make actually. my day. Not that lucky. I think that we made the best possible purchases with our Christmas money. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're I'm like, looking at the Recon Mark II Nerf Tactical Modulus like 80 Nerf gun. guns in this house right now. I've got the main barrel. The barrel attachment, the tactical butt, the 18 dart extended clip, and the handle that has another gun inside of it. Yeah, I have a single shooter because I only need one bullet. What's up? You are feeling lucky. I'm not feeling lucky. Getting a little confident over here. Skilled. I can unleash hell with this thing. Nah. But I will admit that you have much better accuracy with your gun. And according to all these crazy tactical nerf forums, which are nerdy as hell, but... I gotta say, I'm a little interested. Did you actually go through a bunch of them? <laughs> yeah, I was sitting on the couch, and because, I don't know, I was like, at the store, they have like the Nerf Modulus Pro Ultra series, and then they have the series that's basically trying to be Borderlands. Yeah. And I was wondering, is the Borderlands series just a gimmick, or are those guns just as good as the Super Ultra Tactical put it together via COD Bro series? And apparently, the one that Kyle got, uh, people like it a lot. Not least of all, because you can reload it with one hand. Um, cock it, not good. reload it. Seems so it's pretty, pretty sweet. And the revolver barrel is pretty nice. But apparently, uh, in, in this research that I did, I learned that there are tactical nerf leagues where people essentially play paintball, but mm-hmm. with nerf. Uh, and now I understand why they were selling those weird round nerf guns that have the, the balls instead of the darts. Yeah. Because people get way too serious about this. But I'm I'm not ruling out trying it. Seems and cool. I bet you Denver has a Nerf League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're really bored someday, maybe we can go do that. But today we've got questions. And uh, they're from more lame superheroes, you know? That's good. These lame superheroes keep on contacting us. I don't know how they get to my contact form. A lot of them have probably never even used the internet before. I don't think they're smart enough for it. But somehow the questions are getting through. So we got some questions today to give people a bit of a preview. We're going to talk about how to stay productive when you're sick. We're going to talk about remembering things long term. We're going to talk about staying consistent on your schedule, all kinds of good stuff in this episode. And you can find the show notes for this episode over at CIGpodcast.com slash 141. We'll have links to anything we happen to mention, any resources, and also ways to rate and review the podcast if you want to support us. Also, if you got your own questions that you want to send in and get answered on the show, uh, in case we run out of lame superheroes to ask us questions, our subreddit is over at collegeinfogeek.com slash community. You can put your questions there and other people will answer them, or you can tweet them over to me at Tom Frankly if they fit within 140 characters. Or I guess you could take a picture of a really long question on your phone and tweet that to me. Yeah, because some people do the that. Of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I see that happening a lot more now. Same thing is true of multi-tweet streams. You're defeating the point of Twitter. Oh, yeah. 
I used to do that. I don't know, like a tweet, a tweet rant, a Twitter rant. Yeah, I don't you, know what you call yeah, it. A like twant. A different service. That's just a post. You didn't. It is a post. Like on Twitter, it's defeating the point. You're cheating. I the don't system. know. You are, but I think that no, give I don't, I don't think any system is going. Any system, people are going to take the limitations and do something creative with it. And I don't know. It's just no, one just way to get around like it. The limitation is the point. Is what I'm saying. It is the point. So getting around that limitation defeats the point. But Twitter is a almost 10 year old concept at this point. Don't say so, that. I mean, when, when they made it, it was like Twitter was T-W-I-T-R and the really? entire idea. Yeah, it was. And the entire idea was basically to tweet. I'm pooping right now or I'm going to lunch. It was it was kind of what am I doing right now? Sort of update your status. Yeah. And it is very different. And uh, I, I don't think. I don't think there's very many people who tweet like that anymore. And if they do, they probably don't have very many followers. That is probably true. So now you got to tweet all sorts of insightful stuff. And sometimes you need a, a Twitter rant or a twant or whatever you call it, man. Yeah. Anywho, our first question on this particular episode comes from. And uh, so this is a different lame superhero list, but these are pretty lame. I think that last one may have skipped over a few because we got the Red Bee. The Red Bee. The Red Bee is a guy who keeps a trained bumblebee in a special pouch on his belt, <laughs> and he lets him out to frighten very allergic villains. Specifically very allergic <laughs> villains? Yeah, this is actually cool, because in some some of the Zelda games, you can catch a bee. Really? A catching net, and you can let it loose on your enemies. That's basically this guy. That's a thing? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, it's a pretty effective way of battling. I've I'm tested just, it out. I'm just imagining, like, you call up the police chief of your town, and you're like, all right, in case you guys ever run low on officers, call me up because in case the villain happens to be allergic, I had a, a bumblebee <laughs> yeah. named Michael, and I will sick Michael on these bad guys. Now, that's not the type of bee where its stinger gets lost, right? Because not all bees are like that. So hopefully I think, his trained no, bee I think is bumblebees not do. that kind. Do bumblebees? If his trained bee is die. the type of bee that loses its stinger and dies, then that is just the worst, worst, worst thing. Yeah. Rather than the regular worst thing. Do all bees die after they sting you? Um, I don't know. Let's see here. Bumblebees. I just hope that he thought it through. Is all. Don't train something that's. Like oh, okay. It looks okay. It says here that bumblebees have a smooth stinger. Okay, Unlike the good. barbed stinger of a honeybee, good. so they do not die. Then the red bee is viable. Yep, he is viable, sort of. He not really. Your, he can sting your eyes. I mean, that would suck. That's true. That would suck. I guess if the bumblebee is trained really, really well to go for like all the vulnerable areas and dodge real yeah. fast, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, his question know. is, I'd like to know how I can remember and review things from earlier on in the semester or earlier on in previous semesters of college. Uh, for example, in certain fields, like the medical field, you just can't forget everything from your earlier studies. So how do you kind of set up a schedule to review older information? Which is an interesting question. Yeah. Uh, and did you have something written down for this? I do have some things, yeah. All right, let's hear it, man. All right, so, um, well, first, this isn't, this isn't necessarily an answer, but it's more of a philosophy for an answer. Mm -hmm. When I went through college, I didn't particularly cram for tests. I don't like the idea of cramming for tests. I think that cramming defeats the purpose of any test you want to learn the subject of. Mm -hmm. Because in essence, you're saying, I'm going to memorize this really fast, 
just just for the next 24 hours. I'm going to take the test and then literally it's all gone. Whereas if you're learning it slowly and consistently over the course of the semester, you just know it. So you don't really need to cram. You just know the topic. Yeah. Which is how I had to handle language learning stuff, because by default, a language class is cumulative. If you forget how to say hello, you're going to have a lot of problems with other conversations. Mm -hmm. So cramming for tests is just a bad philosophy for a test that you want to learn the topic of. Yeah. Feel free to use it for classes you don't care about. I don't care. But secondly, the uh, simple mantra of if you don't use it, you lose it applies to everything. And SRS is the answer for this if you're mm. not actively using it. Spaced repetition. And um, you have this cool flashcard video instructing people on the most powerful way to remember things they learn. Yeah. So if you really need to learn certain things and there's something you can use a flashcard for, that'll help you learn it basically forever. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I suppose what I was going to say is that at, at a fundamental level, if you want to remember something long term, you need to expose yourself to that information and force yourself to recall it. I guess exposing is not the right word because you can just look it up and review it. But when your brain is forced to recall something that it remembers and it is forced to do that at longer and longer intervals of time, the strength of the encoding every subsequent time you access that memory becomes better and stronger. Yeah. So essentially for you, I mean, you have regular Spanish conversations with yeah. an instructor and, and you've I got the words disappear. Exactly. So. And you've got Anki, you know, kind of stuff. In fact, I mean, so just two nights ago, I think, or was it last night that I we started know. playing? I don't know what you're going to say, so I can't possibly know. <laughs> I was going to say we started playing Marvel vs. Capcom 3 again. And um, I don't, was I that don't, last night or two yeah, nights ago? I think that was two nights ago. It was two nights ago. So you and I have not played Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for, I think, like four or five years. Yeah, this it is was the perfect like example. like 2011. And back in 2011... I mean, I bought a fight stick. We were into this game like ridiculous. Yeah. We we're playing it every single day. I was going in the training mode. I was drilling combos. Um, I wasn't competitive. Like there's no way I would have been able to like go over to Evo or something and compete in a fighting game tournament. But, but within our I was group, fairly good. We were fairly competent. Yeah, was I was able good. to pull off like eight move, you know, crazy string combos. We picked up the controllers and... I don't know about you, but I couldn't remember anything other than like I, I felt no. helpless. Yeah, I felt like a little baby trying to like pick something up, and my hands just couldn't do it. Exactly, I couldn't remember a thing. I was you know? just button mashing, and I'm like, okay, I can hold back to block, happened. and otherwise, I was like legit button mashing. I couldn't remember how to pull off a super combo. Well, I mean, a you know, my favorite character Senko, I couldn't even remember how to do all of my favorite moves. Yeah, how do you move on? I was I don't helpless. Know. Exactly, I couldn't even remember what my main because, team was. And, because we haven't been playing. That's just the nature of literally everything. You're not going to mm -hmm. remember it if you don't use it because your brain wants to be efficient. And it says if you don't use it, it's not important. So I'm not going to waste time thinking about it. But did you see me playing this morning? Much better. Uh-huh. You're catching up. And I went into... I was using Dante from Devil May Cry because he's one of my favorite, favorite characters in the game. I went into his mission screen and uh, I even finished the eighth mission, which I hadn't even completed back in 2011. So... Accessing the memory, in this case the muscle memory, and remembering the combos of the game, four years later, yeah, it takes a while to bring it back. And I felt completely helpless, but with a little bit of work, it started to come back. Yeah, a little bit of intense practice, mm -hmm. you, can, you could pull those right back. So now, by the theory of space repetition, because I've waited that long, those memories are even more deeply encoded in yeah, my brain. It'll be and I should be able to retain those. If I wait four more years, I'll probably have an even quicker pickup time. Yeah. You know? So it's all a it's all a process of accessing those memories at a frequent but increasingly 
long interval time basis. And I think a lot of just the just the standard correct ways of going through school or learning things on your own independently are going to help you with this, you know, taking good notes, reviewing at a reasonable pace, not cramming, like you said, you're going to be able to remember things. And uh, I think specifically for something he mentioned, like medical field, yeah. you have to have good notes. Yeah. Um, I don't do medical stuff. I haven't ever taken like a huge, crazy science class, anything past biology. And uh, I think I took, yeah, physics. That's all I've ever done. But uh, one of the complicated things that I work with on a weekly basis is After Effects. And After Effects is such monstrously complex software that there are keyboard shortcuts I'll use once uh, for one particular video, and then I won't use it for months on end. So for example, if I wanna draw an arrow in a video, and I wanna actually show the arrow stroking with the body and then the little tip of it, I have to use the stroke tool. And if I want to hide these weird guidelines, I can do Control-Alt-H to hide them. Well, I had to look that up and then I didn't use that technique for months. So last time I wanted to draw an arrow on the screen, I had to look it up again. So instead of just looking it up again and going to the reference materials all the time, I now have a note in Evernote called After Effects Notes. And every time I use a new technique in After Effects, I will write down the keyboard shortcut that I needed to use. Or I may just jot down a few notes about how I achieved that technique. Okay, I need to add this particular effect to this type of a layer. And then I put an adjustment layer above it and set it as the parent, etc. Or, I mean, After Effects is complicated enough that there's literally scripting, there's a scripting language built into it that would look similar to maybe like Python or something. Like mm. you can actually do programming in After Effects to get really smooth mathematical curves instead of doing keyframes. And like, it's kind of, that's kind cool. of basic and a little rough looking if you keyframe certain things. So instead you code like a mathematical sine curve for certain animations. And I will just paste little snippets of code that I need to remember. So like a wiggle, you know, I'll keep that in, in uh, my Evernote. Yeah. So basically when I need to use it, I can go get it. And a lot of these things I no longer need to reference. So I had them available when I needed them. Now I don't need them. So our next lame superhero who really wants some, uh, some knowledge from us is, and this is pretty great, Skate Man. Skate Man, <laughs> like roller roller skates. Yeah, this is a dude wearing regular roller skates, not even blades. Okay. You know, Jeremy Jam's more of a blades man. Yeah. <laughs> but not this guy. Uh, yeah, so he is a roller derby player who decided to fight crime okay. with it? his skates on. And he's wearing a bandana over his eyes. He doesn't have secret powers. He's just good at roller derby. Well, yes. I don't know that he's even good at roller derby, but I like to hope. I'll, well, I would hope so. I mean, if you're a bad roller derby player and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put these skates on. I'm going to go fight crime. But maybe that's why they did that, though. Maybe they were like, clearly I'm not that great at this, but I love wearing the roller skates and hitting people. Yep. And it looks like he only had one issue for, I think, obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah well because he fought and beat the bad guy first issue he didn't need to waste time he's the best hero of all time oh my god you know what you may be right yeah anyway his his question is what can you do to stay productive when you're sick or maybe injured from falling downstairs on roller skates yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i haven't been sick in quite a while yeah so no colds no anything i mean i get colds but i just work through them 
I try to like maybe drink some chicken broth or something mm. and I'll rest and not maybe go outside as much. Bad. Maybe they're not that bad. Step what bad one, colds? Don't get sick. Yeah, there you go. Step one, don't get sick. Duh. Uh, I mean, maybe there is a legitimate tip in there. Stay healthy so you don't get sick very much. Yeah, that is pretty good. But my my immediate thought was if you're actually sick, rest. Yeah. You know, like, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is like a tricky non-answer. But a lot of times, if you're super sick, maybe you shouldn't be that productive. I suppose but if what, I was what sick, you have to be, though? if I was sick, I would maybe use that time to catch up on reading that I've been meaning to do. Oh, that's that's productive. I mean, that's probably not going to take a whole lot of willpower and I'm not up and moving very much. So say yeah. I've been busy and now I'm sick and I'm just like, I, I can't get work done. I can pick up that book and read it. Yeah, I'm good to go. Yeah, that could know? work. That could work. Or maybe I'm going through an online course or something that I've been working on. I could probably get through that a little bit if I really wanted to be productive. But when you're sick, you, your focus needs to be recovery, especially if you're intensely sick. If it's like really bad illness, you need to focus on recovery because your health is your most important asset, but it's also a multiplier of your ability to get things done. This is why I think people need to sleep as, you know, as many hours as they need to, because if you are losing an hour of sleep from your optimal amount of sleep every single night, you're not gaining an hour of work. You're actually robbing yourself of intensity that you can put into the hours you should be working. You're just spreading out less ability to work over a greater period of time. And yeah. if your your mindset in an illness is, I need to stay productive, you know, you're probably not going to get over that illness quite as well. Yeah. Now, that's my thought. If you have to be productive for something, you have a you have a test or you have some homework bits to do. Sometimes you can't avoid it. Mm -hmm. I would say that one, this is pretty obvious, but anything that can get rid of symptoms is going to help you get through the day. And then you can just feel dead when you get home. Yeah. But I tend to spam things when if I get a if I get a cold or a sinus infection, I'm just like spamming Dayquil, NyQuil, orange juice, sleep and water mm -hmm. nonstop. Not nonstop or I'm going to die. <laughs> from the Dayquil Nonstop NyQuil. orange juice. But, I inject it know, into my blood. You know. But I guess the biggest productivity tip, if you need to do your homework or something, is if you could work in short bursts, that's going to be easier for you than a longer a longer stretch of work. Because mm. if you're mentally groggy, it's hard for you to focus. Your face feels like it's melting or, or you're sick from something else like swine flu. Yeah. If you have to do work, you're... You might want to keep it to like 20, 30 minute bursts of work and then mm -hmm. like rest for another hour or something. I don't think you're going to be able to go for a lot of hours at once yeah. very easily. The only other things I would mention is number one, you can always talk with your professors or your boss or whoever, let them know and just they're probably going to be reasonable. See what you can do to maybe shift things or maybe shift a due date or something. Yeah. And then. If you already had your week planned out or your to-do manager had due dates for everything and you're kind of like you knew the flow of your life and now you're sick, then maybe take a few minutes to go into your task manager or to go into your week plan and redo it with yeah, new tone, information tone you have. Tone it down a little bit. This you know? is the sick version. That way when you're recovered and you really want to get back into the flow of things as soon as you possibly can – you don't have to spend a bunch of time looking back at a bunch of due dates and be like, oh man, I missed that due date. I don't have that done. And now I feel overwhelmed. Yeah. So take a bit of time to just redo your plan. And then when you're recovered, you know, you're probably going to be better in a couple of days, maybe three days. Now you can come back into it and you're like, all right, cool. I've got a bit of catch up to do, but it's already planned out. The due dates are already set. Let's get it done. 
Yeah, changing yeah. this is a good idea. You shouldn't have to feel guilty mm-hmm. for your body failing you. Yeah, don't feel guilty what for you your body do? failing you. It happens to everyone, and that's something to keep in mind. It does happen to everyone. I think there's like this, this cultural feeling or, I don't know, mindset we have, at least here in the States, that you have to be working all the time. Yeah. But sometimes you get sick. Sometimes you need all some relaxation. Work, 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 work. Yeah, exactly. As a wise you know? woman once sang. Yeah. Those are some good good lyrics at least i hope i remember those lyrics right i don't know i think i think it's work 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 oh that might be it oh okay okay five works all right if you do four i'm slacking off need five and our last superhero is razorback razorback who's a guy who's like that's kind of a cool name i'm gonna dress up like a warthog and fight crime (laughs) that helmet mask thing looks really heavy I know, right? He just looks like a knockoff version of Rhino. Hmm. But instead of like a full warthog costume, I feel I can't I don't can't remember what other superhero looks like this, but he's just got like a green suit with a yellow utility belt and yellow gloves and yellow boots and then a warthog thing. Yeah, that's not very thematic. Like you could have just fought crime without the warthog on your head. What is that doing for you? Those tusks aren't even very big. Why not be Elephant Man? Then you have at least like some big tusks. I don't understand anything anymore. Yeah. Anywho, there's some more songs on here, but this is the last one in this episode. And the question that Warthog wants to ask us is, I'm having trouble staying consistent after I schedule things. So how can I make sure that I actually follow the schedule that I've laid out? Classic question about follow through. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And a schedule can get messed up pretty easily. Yeah, uh, and I think we may have talked about this a bit in the deep work episode, but the one thing that I do is when I create my schedule for the day, uh, first and foremost, when I'm creating it, I'm trying to be accurate in my predictions of how long things are going to take. And you may have seen a video on my channel a while ago. It was about how to never be late again. Um, But that video actually talks about how humans are very bad at estimating the amount of time it's going to take them to do something because humans don't think about the average case scenario where things go wrong they don't think about the worst case scenario they think about the best case scenario where everything goes right because that's what's easy to predict usually when things go wrong it's because of some unpredictable thing that got in the way and then our minds look at that clearly best case scenario and interpret it as that's the average case that's what's probably going to happen and because of that you know we'll look at something like do my math assignment i think that'll take half an hour you know, easy. And then it ends up taking an hour and a half or something comes up in the middle of it. Yeah, there's always something. So when I'm sitting down to do my day, I know that realistically, I'm only going to be able to get three or four really substantial things done in any given day. And I know I'm going to need breaks and I know my willpower is going to start declining as the day goes on. So I use those to plan my day out in a realistic manner where I can realistically get things done. But also I'm still making those time blocks challenging so there's a balance between challenging and realistic yeah and then if something comes up i will replan the day so if something comes up somebody invites me to lunch and i think that's a good use of my time or i don't know yeah or you get inspired by something you get inspired by a new project yeah rather than what you were going to do a razorback breaks into my house and or, i have to fight him off or a razorback something breaks happens. into your house you know, I will I will go to my week plan or my day plan and I will just make a revised version. Yeah, right next first to it. half hour deal with Razorback and then mm-hmm. you can fill out the rest of the day with whatever you need. There you go. Yeah. The, the biggest thing that messes up schedules for me is actually anticipation. 
of something, an unpredictable hmm. schedule. So you've got, uh, I need to do work with somebody. I'm waiting for an apartment complex to call me. Okay. So that kind of anticipation makes it super hard for me to plan anything because obviously you don't know when it's going to happen. So I've been yeah, trying. I've been trying a few things to get over that. So one, scheduling a little bit at a time in the morning. Instead of scheduling the whole day out, let's say I don't know. The first thing that's important to me is that I receive and have this call or I record a podcast with you, but I don't know when it's going to happen. So I'll schedule out the first maybe hour and a half. And then mm -hmm. after that, I'll be like, okay, where are we at now? Does it look like I know when that's going to happen yet? No, I'll schedule out another half hour, another hour. And then just keep going a little bit at a time. So the worst case scenario is that suddenly I receive that call in the middle of one of my tasks and it messes up that task and maybe the tasks that could have come after it. But it doesn't mm. mess up the morning that I had the whole time. So you're avoiding that cascade effect, basically. Yeah. Now, when you do that, do you have a list of everything you want to get done in the day kind of unordered that you're pulling from? Or are you just pulling from like your overall task management system? I'm just pulling from generally my overall. I have a feeling of what I want to get done that day. Mm -hmm. But if the thing I'm waiting for is more important than those things, then I will try to break those things into little half hour chunks, little hour chunks okay. so that I can keep doing a little at a time because it's hard to commit to maybe a 90 minute work, 22 hour work episode if mm -hmm. I know. I'm going to be super focused. I'm going to be writing the greatest thing I've ever written. And then I'm going to receive a call and everything's going to be ruined. Okay. It's gotcha. hard to commit to something like that. Gotcha. And um, the other thing I was trying to do is instead of sitting around waiting for the thing to happen, which mm -hmm. I am bad at sometimes, I've been, say, setting a timer saying like in a half hour, I can check my email to see if they responded to that important thing. In an hour, I can do that. Finish this little task first and then move on. Okay, gotcha. So one thing I wanted to talk about as another potential option, I think one of the things that we that that really messes up our schedules is that one, we do not have the ability to predict how long something will take, but two, our motivation starts to wane as the day goes on. Oh, that's true too. So my friends over at Beeminder, which is an app that I use to essentially bet money that I'll do things like go to the gym three times a week or publish a certain amount of stuff on the blog every single week. Um, they do something called Pomodoro Poker. Now, really? Pomodoro Poker is, uh, for one, they use a special or different version of the Pomodoro technique where they do 45-minute work sessions instead of um, 25. So I think for them, they just think that 45 minutes is a better period of time to get something done. But what they do is they will basically, let's see here, they ante a dollar, they write down a task on the whiteboard, they start a 45-minute timer, and then they cross off their task as soon as it's done. Then the last person done without going over that 45-minute timer wins the pot. And I remember reading this and then I asked them, I was like, why does the last person who gets their work done in that 45-minute time period win? And they told me they do it because they want to basically increase their ability to predict how much work they can get done in a 45 minute time period. So it's all about becoming better at estimating how long something will take. Oh, so whoever finished closest to what they thought they would finish at is the yeah. winner. So the if they who beat it 20 minutes early. Mm -hmm. So if you go over and you're like, I'm going to code this entire website in 45 minutes, obviously you're going to go over and you're going to lose. Uh, it's kind of like blackjack, right? And if you're like, okay, I bet you I can code this one heading and one link, then obviously you don't win because you've underestimated you can do how much work like you can get done. Seconds. So it's all about building your ability to 
accurately estimate what you can do in a given amount of time. For them, it's 45 minutes. And then executing on it and getting it done. Cool. So if you've got a group of people, you could try this. Or if you're by yourself, you could just use the same technique, the same kind of idea here. Set a specific amount of work time. You know, Work within one session instead of trying to think about your entire day. And then just try to estimate how much you can get done in that time and track yourself. See if you get done. See if you get all of it done way before. Obviously, you're underestimating. Or if you don't get it done, if you get distracted for some reason, then you either need to scale back your expectations for what you can get done in a specific work session and maybe by extension the entire day. Or you need to use some of the other productivity techniques we've talked about in other episodes to make yourself more efficient. Maybe it's using a website blocker to make sure you're not getting distracted. Or maybe it's getting an accountability partner who can sit there and work with you. You know, there's a lot of different things you can do. Cool. Yeah. And you mentioned distractions, which actually reminds me, I think I mentioned this on the last episode, but when I do get distracted in my daily schedule, I write out in a big box why I got distracted. So I write Uh, out waking up at 1030 messes with everything and ruins my focus (laughs) or waiting in anticipation ruins me. Let's find out something to try and see if it works for this. Mm -hmm. So if something does mess up your schedule, keep track of what's doing it so that you can look back a week later and say, well, that's a real problem. I need to do something about it. Yeah, what gets measured gets managed and or fixed. I don't even know what that word means. Indubitably? Yeah. Without a doubt. It's not dubitably. Oh, oh, so it's like indoubtably almost. Yeah. Gotcha. But it sounds fancy. Unless I'm horribly wrong and I'm just dumb now, but we'll find out. I'm going to look at it. Indubitably. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It remains a unique way to say undoubtedly. Okay, good. That's awesome. like, mm, I was worried for a second there. I No, I said, mm, that was because like discerning usually when you sound. put a word into Google, it just gives you the definition. Oh, and but it gave you a... this, it thing. didn't. It gave me like a, a snippet from vocabulary.com. Oh. So, but yes, you are correct. Yes, indeed. You. It looks like somebody just horribly misspelled undoubtedly. Yeah, it kind of does. clearly that just shows they're related. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, there's all sorts of... Yeah, weird words and such similar roots and whatnot etymology is fascinating yeah cool oh there's a quiz on here i thought it was saying it meant ad infinitum but no that's clearly wrong oh beyond doubt take got it, it right all right oh yeah good job cool good job son I'm gonna increase my vocabulary over on vocabulary.com hey that's another way to do that i suppose so that about does it for this episode yes indeed thank you to our lame superheroes for your questions uh, if you, dear listener, want to get your questions answered on the show, collegeinfogeek.com slash community is where you can put those questions. Once again, show notes for this episode are over at cigpodcast.com slash 141. You'll find all the links to a couple of the videos I mentioned, some other resources. We'll have that Pomodoro Poker blog post linked up so you can see exactly how the folks over at Beminder do it. And you can also find a link to rate and review the podcast over on iTunes, which is a great way to support the show. So if you do that, thank you so much. We massively appreciate you. But hey, no pressure. And uh, I think that's all we've got. So until next week, in which I think I will be talking to you from New York. Ooh. In the next podcast, I think. Fancy. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. So I will be stealing my friend Andrew's podcasting setup. But until then, stay cute.